Welcome to the Richard Rants Show. This is Richard Rants coming to you live on Wednesday, the 24th of June from my apartment here in San Francisco, where for the most part I have been sheltering in place, as have many of you. Aside from some key outings to purchase supplies. And for many of us that I admire to go out and risk our well-being in order to stand up for the well-being of this country and especially for minorities and people of color in this country and to protest the gradual killing of our democracy by the current administration in the White House and their cronies and the Republican Party that follows along like mice. Very interesting times as the classic Chinese imprecation and saying goes, a saying that is meant to be somewhat of a curse May you live in interesting times, and in these times, it may be a curse, but it is also a time of hope for change. And I don't mean that hopey changey thing that Barack Obama did not necessarily bring to fruition, but I mean some actual hope for change, the kind of hope for change that came about after we had the, after we had the Uh, the Great Depression. And after the Great Depression, we were able to move towards a time when the New Deal came forth because FDR was so afraid that all the suffering masses with the extreme inequality and the massive unemployment, sound familiar, kind of like today, would turn to communism, that evil ideology that said that every person in a society should be treated equally. Yeah, that's pretty much what communism said. How it turned out was a little bit different from that. It wound up being transmogrified into a totalitarianism, which is what is happening currently now in our country, that we are being transformed into a totalitarian type of regime as best the Trumpists can accomplish it with a leader at the head who cares only about his own success in politics at the expense of everything else with no care for anything else, which I heard characterized on Pod Save America podcast as 
totalitarianism or fascism by default <laughs> because just in the pursuit of his own personal power that leads him into a pursuit of a totalitarian control because in a situation where his personal power is the only thing that matters to him, then that leads to the desire to make the regime simply a totalitarian regime for himself. And that's where we're at. And I was just reading a fascinating article on medium.com about QAnon, which is in some ways has become the mother of all conspiracy theories. And in some ways that's a very literal and this article is called QAnon, The Trumpist Cult of the Absurd by Alex Hornby and Darshan Stevens from May 14th. Uh, conspiracy theorist, critical thinker is the headline there. And QAnon is essentially, it's turned into a sort of a cult. It's, it's also an occult cult, which is an amalgamation of many different conspiracy theories, which has pretty much become very successful despite having no actual plan or perhaps because of it, because it is so amorphous and can grow in such unexpected ways that no one is actually planning it. All that they're doing is picking up existing conspiracy theories so that people can glom onto it from many different angles. So the ones who want to deny that coronavirus is real or that it's caused by 5G or that there are aliens coming down with their technology, that we're going to have free energy, that there are, it pretty much had its genesis with the Pizzagate conspiracy, which said that Hillary Clinton and John Podesta had a, a ring of uh, child molesters operating out of a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C., and which caused, in fact, one adherent to go down to Washington, D.C. and break into that pizza restaurant to attempt to rescue those children. But there were no children there, of course, because it's an entirely made-up conspiracy. Some of these made-up conspiracy theories wind up causing harm in the real world, to the point, actually, where the FBI... Um, did designate QAnon as a terrorist, terroristic disinformation campaign because some of its disinformation does in fact lead people to commit violent acts. And it's very cult-like. I've had personal interactions with people who have fallen into QAnon conspiracy threads, and these threads come together eventually in a narrative that supports the idea that President Trump is somehow a hero and is the only one who is in a position of power to fight this imaginary cabal of all-powerful controlling entities that somehow have created a worldwide 
a worldwide disinformation campaign that unites all countries and, and people who are even of incredibly disparate influences that unites the US, China, Iran, Europe, Russia, world organizations such as the UN and the WHO, Doctors Without Borders. If you notice, many of those entities are in conflict with each other. You would not accuse the United States of conspiring with Iran to falsify statistics in some sort of joint effort. That's not happening. Those two countries are obviously on a footing of being enemies at this time. Or Doctors Without Borders, which is a, a very progressive organization, which is only devoted to helping victims of war and deprivation, you couldn't accuse them of being in cahoots with China. Russia, working with Europe. No, they're working against Europe. But somehow the adherents to these conspiracy theories believe that this all-powerful group that somehow is controlling every information outlet in the world, and they tend to group these under the moniker of the quote-unquote MSM, as if the mainstream media was some monolithic force that is completely controllable, which it's not. Even within the mainstream media, there's extreme right-wing outlets, there's extreme progressive and left-wing outlets, there's Fox News, there's The Atlantic. All of these news media outlets are not working together. But as is very ably and insightfully pointed out in this article that I'm referencing, reason does not work when attempting to debate the adherence of the QAnon and related conspiracy theories. It does not work because they are so self-reinforcing that they will find ways to discount any piece of fact as a lie, and they will find any piece of inconsistency that they could manufacture or a YouTube video that purports to prove their point, and that will reinforce for them everything that they're believing. So it's, it is very much like a cult, which reinforces itself. And as people give up on trying to put right or trying to convince these cultists, which are called uh, cultists with a Q by friends and family who have become very disappointed that they can no longer bring their loved ones back from this morass, this abyss that they have fallen into of misinformation and disinformation, self-reinforcing. So then they, they give up. And those of us who have friends that start posting these YouTube videos that are not based in fact, anything put up 
to dispute that will simply be discounted by them, and we give up. We stop following these friends. So pretty soon, the only people who are following them are the people who agree with them, and it becomes a self-reinforcing group, much like a cult. And these, these folks are pretty much lost to us. Uh, it is extremely hard to extricate them from that. And that's sad. And many of them are have been otherwise very decent, progressive people who have been in favor of, of rights for disadvantaged and discriminated against minorities and LGBTQ people and alternative lifestyles, and yet they start to glom on to one aspect of this conspiracy, and they start to say, the MSM is all BS. All? The MSM is not a monolith. There are conflicting stories there. So it's just a meaningless statement. And it's just a way to discount any perspective that goes against what they have already determined in their minds is the conspiracy theory that they want to believe. And there's really no way to get them out of it, which is really unfortunate and makes me sad. So some other things that I have to say about that. You know, they're not going to believe the, the CDC or the WHO or any organization that is backed with peer-reviewed science around the world. Because according to these conspiracy theorists, that's all false. The only real information for them is from some nameless YouTuber that we've never heard of that doesn't back up their information with anything peer-reviewed. That's the truth. And every health organization throughout the world is lying, according to them. The numbers, in fact, that the Center for Disease Control puts out for American coronavirus cases are undercounts. They are certainly undercounts. There has not been sufficient testing in the United States. But according to these theorists, no, these are all inflated numbers. And there are over 100,000 deaths from the coronavirus. And yet, and many of them are friends and family of real people who knew their relatives, who knew that they died of the coronavirus there becomes somewhat of a distancing from their own humanity for the adherence of the denialists who wish to deny the reality of this, the seriousness of this pandemic. In places like Iceland and New Zealand, South Korea, who took it seriously and took the necessary steps, there are established best practices to fight an epidemic in one's country. And they include testing and contact tracing. 
And after that starts to fail, if it fails, social distancing. In fact, in Iceland, and I just read an article in the New Yorker about that, can't cite you the author, but you can check for it. They did such extensive and thorough testing and contact tracing that they never had to get to the social distancing point. The same in New Zealand. Yes, they have smaller populations, and that's partly what allowed them to do it. In China, once they started taking it seriously, yes, they did try to cover it up a bit in the beginning. Once they started to take it seriously, they also did the same thing, but they also divided up the country by isolating the regions that had large counts of coronavirus victims. And that allowed them to treat those individual areas as areas where they could follow the established best practices of contact tracing and testing to find every person who may have been exposed to the virus and isolate them and treat them and stop the virus from spreading. And they were successful until they started to open up and as more people came in contact with each other, cases started to go up, but they immediately took the appropriate steps in the regions that they had new cases and in that way managed to contain it. They managed to contain it again. That's basically the best we can do as long as we don't have a vaccine. Now, the QAnon influence theorists are also linked to sites that promote misinformation, disinformation, basically just for clickbait to make a profit, like Alex Jones, who's been making a profit off of clickbait from Infowars for about a decade now, putting out false story after false story. And people who believe him believe that Infowars is right and the vast, controlled, mainstream media is wrong. I mean, at every turn, logical, rational thought will tell you that that's, that just can't be. So this vast, this vast, incredible control structure has control over every media outlet, except for somehow doesn't have control over Alex Jones. I mean, if they had that much power and Alex Jones was a threat to them, he would no longer be around. They somehow, according to the conspiracy theorists, have the power to manipulate statistics in, in countries as varied as the US, China, Iran, Europe, Russia, World organizations like the UN and the WHO, every single health, health uh, ministry throughout the, the world. And yet somehow, still within the umbrella of this conspiracy theory, is that all of this is, going, is being manipulated and one of the main goals is so that Bill Gates... You've probably seen the posts about the Bill Gates conspiracies, that Bill Gates is 
poised to make a lot more money from a vaccine. And of course, the anti-vaxxers are also part of this overwhelming conspiracy umbrella because QAnon wants to bring in people from all conspiracy backgrounds because wherever they can grab them, they can start to put in other little threads that will gradually lead them to the conspiracies that will back the Trump campaign. And the QAnon has been behind Donald Trump in the entire time. So people who may have started being anti-Trump because they're progressives, because they don't believe in a, a criminal wannabe dictator, inveterate liar being in charge, but they didn't even realize that just through these anti-vaxxer sites or through these coronavirus denial sites, they were actually being introduced to the larger QAnon umbrella. And yes, the most susceptible people to conspiracy theories that do not match up with reality are people who already believe in conspiracy theories that don't match up with reality. They're predisposed to do so. And then they reinforce one another and they don't listen to anyone who doesn't enforce them. So they, they believe that, you know, under this umbrella, all of this conspiracy worldwide is somehow funneled in on one of the many limbs of this conspiracy so that Bill Gates can make money off of a vaccine. Why on earth would the Russians be exaggerating the coronavirus count and every European country and Iran and the WHO and China? Why on earth, rationally, and rational thought doesn't have any effect on the adherence of the theories, why are all these disparate countries, would they be part of a conspiracy to allow Bill Gates to make more money? Why do the Chinese want Bill Gates to make more money? The Russians, the Iranians. Why does the WHO want Bill Gates to make more money? Of course, to you and I, that's absurd. But to the adherents of these QAnon theories, there are reasons. There are reasons that the Chinese want Bill Gates to make more money. Even Bill Gates hasn't been interested in making that much more money. He's given away billions and billions of dollars to to causes that are aimed at helping people around the world fight things like malaria. He's given more to fighting malaria around the world than anyone else in history and has made incredible progress in that regard. And then also, yes, the QAnon has a relationship with anti-Semitic memes as well. George Soros is again and again referenced as behind these dastardly conspiracy theories. Why? Well, he's Jewish. That's one big reason. And of course, these adherents also believe that there's the Rothschilds, that, that old trope where there's a Jewish banking family called the Rothschilds that are controlling the entire banking structure of the world. And again, look at it rationally. 
why do the Russians, I mean, how can we even look at these things rationally, but why would the Russians and Chinese and Iranians be part of a system that's controlled by a historical Jewish family? It doesn't make any sense. It goes back to the ancient conspiracy theory false document called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which said that Jews were kidnapping babies and drinking their blood, which actually is very similar to the Pizzagate conspiracy, except there, instead of Jews, it's Hillary Clinton and the Clintons. But of course, they're backed by those Jewish conspiracists, according to these conspiracy theorists. And many of them, such as my friends who have fallen into that trap, would never say they're anti-Semitic. Now, let's not conflate anti-Semitism with fighting against the Israeli apartheid system. Those are two separate matters. It is not anti-Semitic to demand that Palestinians be treated as human beings and be afforded human rights. That's not anti-Semitic. It does happen that Israel is the Jewish state. That does not give it a right to abrogate people's human rights. It does not. And it is not anti-Semitic to decry the massive military assault on the human rights of the Palestinians, which resembles apartheid, which resembles the anti-black system here in the United States that has been killing black people. And over in Israel, they're killing Palestinians in the same way, with the same coldness, with the same racism. That cannot stand. And that doesn't mean that Israel has to be destroyed any more than it means that the U.S. has to be destroyed. But it means they have to be reformed. It means that we have to stand up for the human rights of every individual, including the individuals and the peoples that are oppressed within those countries. Here, it tends to be African-Americans, but also the Muslim communities in the United States are facing great oppression, and so are the Hispanic American Latinx communities in the United States facing incredible oppression in many different ways all over the world, it's important to stand up for human rights. This is a segue into the episode of Rumble with Michael Moore's podcast, the Juneteenth broadcast, where Barbara Lee, the incredibly heroic representative from Oakland, who was the lone dissenting vote against the authorization of force that followed 9-11, which basically gave a blank check to the executive branch of the United States to start a war with anybody anywhere with a flimsy excuse saying that this was fighting terrorism, this would, has opened the door to the never-ending wars that have cost trillions of dollars from the U.S. Treasury trillions of dollars that could have been used to provide health care for every individual in the United States that could have been used to create a network that would have saved 
us from the worst effects of the coronavirus under a better president and a better administration. The trillions of dollars that could have provided every person in the United States who wanted it with a higher education and health care. <sighs> Only Barbara Lee voted against it. Her grandfather was one of the last babies born into slavery in Texas only days before they found out they had been freed by the Emancipation Proclamation two years earlier. Finally, how many years, 19 years after the 9-11 authorization of force in which Barbara Lee was the lone dissenting voice, they passed a repeal in the House of Representatives. Finally, of course it won't pass the Senate because the Senate is dominated by the toadying Republicans led by the heinous Mitch McConnell, who will do nothing to help us overcome the corona crisis, but will do everything to bring in right-wing judges to help to block voters so that we can continue in this country with the immense inequality and injustice under which we have lived. Those of you who tuned in, thank you for tuning in to this week's Richard Rance show. I'll be back next Wednesday at five o'clock. Please check out the podcast on all the major podcast outlets such as Google and 